selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. You know, <laughs> okay, it's actually just so funny because what I love about Shopify is no matter how huge and massive you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control, yes, daddy, and take your business to the next level because we're business women. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash book club. That's shopify.com slash book club, all lowercase. Shopify.com slash book club. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Celebrity Book Club. that knocking at the door it's all your friends you filthy whore your husband's gone and we've got books and a bottle of wine to kill it's hollywood it's books it's gossip i'm shook it's memoirs it's martinis it's studio 54 it's celebrity book club come read it while it's hot celebrity book club tell your secrets we won't talk celebrity book club no boys are allowed celebrity book club Club. Buzz me in, I brought the Cuervo. Hey, hey best, best friend. friend. <laughs> uh, How you, are you? I'm so good. Um, I've had a really, really intense, beautiful week full of personal struggle, but I've come out on the other end feeling inspired and ready to embrace the world and life in all of its natural beauty. Oh my God, that's yeah. so beautiful. Would you mind... Um sharing with our audience one of your struggles yeah um as someone who deals with issues of sleep deprivation and lgbtq um i have turned to uia (laughs) uia as kelly ripa would say i have turned to better help and it has really changed my life um no mostly it's just like sleep stuff we just got back from chicago and like i was tiring and i was there late and i was also in wisconsin and you're gonna hear about that in the vip lounge and you're gonna hear about <laughs> you're hearing about us eating in chicago and us like sleeping in parents yoga rooms and us eating more and like me buying boots and i will tell it's... i will tell you about the coleslaw salad that my boyfriend's stepmom made that had dry ramen in it <laughs> it was, okay i'll tell that's, you that's <laughs> okay that's killing me <laughs> it was wild wisconsin cuisine is absolutely wild um no, it's absolutely like chaotic but amazing <laughs> i just just a little tidbit for our listeners maybe this will seduce them over the vip lounge did i ever tell you a story how when i um Left Wisconsin, I bought cheese curds, um, and but I put them in my bag, and then that bag ended up getting put in the stowaway, whatever. What do you call it when it's checked? <laughs> <laughs> okay, it was in the basement of the plane. Yeah, so I finally get the bag back a day later, um, and the cheese curds were actually like packed with. Um, a sex toy implement i'll say and it was just this bag of like curds and a dildo curds and dildo and i was like wait but it's curds they are like smoked or whatever question marks like can i still eat them 
is it safe? Well, you thought the, the dangerous part was that they like, interacted with the dildo too much. No, no, no. They were in packaging, so it didn't. <laughs> it was more of a visual treat. <laughs> they got in, well, and then it's because they're kind of the same consistency as a dildo. It's silicone esque. Yeah, rubbery. They're, they're ru- super rubbery, kind of squeaky, like yeah. firm. Um, but have a little bit of give to Yeah, them. a little bit of give to, you know, replicate that. Well, that would have been great if you kind of mistook one for the other. Oh, <laughs> in, hello. In go the Kurds. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, wow, yeah. I think you still could have eaten them because the whole thing about cheese curds is that they actually don't need to be refrigerated. Right, I think I did try. I think I had like a few and then was like, oh, now I'm going to like then change my mind after having a few. Nothing bad happened. Obviously, they were fine. And that goes to show our American society. We're so worried about expiration dates, you know? No, we're so expiration pilled. Um, and my boyfriend, who's a scientist, is always saying, like, don't ever listen to the dates. Just like smell it. Use your eyes. Use your fingers. Use your <sighs> senses. senses. Okay. You can tell, you know, open cheese if it smells, it smells. Yeah. If a hot dog feels slimy, it's gone bad. Right. Okay. If if a mushroom feels dry, it's gone bad. Maybe not. Depends. Well, if it's no, a because dried mushrooms are like a thing right. that you can rehydrate. <laughs> I thought your boyfriend was a scientist. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not. Okay, but what is the thing? But there is like some vegetables that get slimy. It's like asparagus or like what? Like a scallion gets slimy. That's gross. You know what I mean? Most vegetables get. If it starts slimy. to get like weirdly wet. Like yeah. Vegetables, you can definitely tell when they go rotten by touch and smell. Mm. I have been engaging in my senses this week as I am now using Flonase every day. <gasps> and you're doing your nasal rinse. Well, no, I still need to do that. And that, it's just the remembering. Yeah. And that's not a sense, but that's definitely. Mm-hmm. Some say it's process. the sixth sense is memory. <laughs> <laughs> is memory. So, and it's so hard. And so I need to get a little more memento yeah. and start writing nasal rinse, <laughs> nasal rinse. Get yeah, it. you need to take Polaroids of your Neil Med sinus rinse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I I do wish you the best in that journey. But have you noticed that the Neil Ma- is the Flonase already make a difference? The Flonase is already working. Like yeah. I feel like it's loosening up things yeah. in there that allergies, and I'm, allergies. It it honestly it, it feels yeah. Even I'm though like, wait, oh. what did they say? They said you were only allergic to like sycamore trees. Oh yeah, <laughs> Fella, listeners, I have a confession. <laughs> I took an allergy test where they do like this prong. Um, all up and down your arms to test you, you know, dairy, pollen, blah, blah, blah. And uh, the doctor was like, so you are actually only allergic to sycamore trees. I just Um, don't know if I believe that. (laughs) And I started like laughing because I was just like, that's just so ridiculous. I'm like, it just means I'm allergic to nothing, basically. And she was like still just being kind of, I was trying to like make jokes, being so like, okay, like, Better not go to a sycamore festival. <laughs> and she was just kind of being like, yeah, so if you do notice that you're a little stuffy, like, in a park. Yeah. D- why don't you just monitor your sycamore intake, <laughs> <So> please? <laughs> and maybe take this a little bit more seriously because it is your health. Okay. This is not a joke. And I was also told I was narrow-nosed. Yeah. <laughs> I could have told you that. <laughs> uh, probably because of my my Roman. Yeah. <laughs> What we're calling so I've been the Romanesque. Dealing with that, learning that I'm allergic to sycamore trees. That's been something, it's been kind of like grief, acceptance, the whole sadness, excitement. I mean, this is going to be a, a health. This is a health focus episode. I mean, and also health question mark. What is health? So true. Health is wealth, and wealth is happiness, but wealth is also money and fame, which our memoirist does have this week um she used her senses to tell if vegetables were bad she used her senses to change the world she used her senses to feel feel Mm -hmm. more than many 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 can um we are talking about none other than um Fellow alum of Cambridge School of Weston, my high school. I, no, I, my jaw dropped because I didn't know that when we got to that part in the book. I was like, wait, this bitch went to Cambridge school? school? Yeah, literally went to Cambridge school. <laughs> Just like um, literally a fellow alumnus. Yeah, fellow alum. Um, You know her. Deaf. <laughs> Deaf. Beautiful. 
fucking hot as hell. <laughs> Helen Keller. Keller. And um, her book, My Story? This- no, the story of my life. The story of my life. <laughs> okay. Is it another my story? It's, it's the another, story of my life. I feel like we've read 90 books recently that are called my story. All right. So let's just go in. First of all, the cover, she's giving like sexy e-girl. She's doing middle part. She's doing looking down glam. Uh, <laughs> yeah, looking down girl. Um, uh, and maybe is the, that they chose the looking down because it's like, because there are many photos of she, her eyes up. Right. Do her eyes have that thing where it's like you can tell she's blind or no? A little bit. I was getting blind vibes. But is that because I've already attached this blind? Or is it because you're literally blind? (laughs) Yeah, because I'm truly blind. (laughs) Yeah, when you take off those Coke bottles, I'm just like, oh, shit. (laughs) Right. What up, Helen? (laughs) Lily Helen Murata. (laughs) Yeah, I think no. She looks very graceful. She's wearing this kind of like you know gauzy, silky top. It's being very like coquettish, Lolita, marry me. And I feel like you know she was getting probably clothes from. She's doing the... a full brow also, which is very kind of like now. I want to her say. whole thing. Yeah, to be like heavy brow blind. I mean, she, I feel like she is now so, like, current, like, TikTok disability activist. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She's, like, and, like, doing, like, such a routine um, in her apartment. Like, I feel like she would be, like, stomping the runways now. At, like, she would be cast in every show. Yeah. Not every show. Okay. A few shows. Yeah. Cult. Cult model. But I could, yeah, I could see her being, like, such a, just, like, she's in a Vans campaign, but, and she's also in, like, the Fenty campaign, and she's also in the NARS campaign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely doing NARS and, like, Anastasia. And yeah. They're giving her a heavy brow. <laughs> so they didn't have, like, sunglasses back then. When did that start, by the way? So true. Readers chime in. Um, <laughs> when were sunglasses, sunglasses invented? for the blind? <laughs> Wait, that is kind of crazy, though, because if you think about it, the sun's been around forever. No, sun's been here longer than camera school was. And just like people in the 1700s, it's like Ben Franklin was being so spectacles or whatever, but like they weren't doing sunglasses. Like people aren't walking around with like big wraparounds in 1730 Philadelphia. And I don't know why. But in her time, so she was born, I want to say 1891. Um, I think it was earlier than that. Mid to late 1800s. There were, I've seen old models of like, I think like original steampunk circular glasses with very thin wires. So. Okay. Can I just, this is a total sidebar, but I had a memory this week because I've been really. Oh my God. Memories. I've been been in touch with my other senses, (laughs) you know, trying to do, do a little less of the old sight and hearing. Hell yes. I had this memory that I had this. Very, very vivid, prolonged fantasy when I was a child for many, many years that mm. I, when I was older, that I would have an extremely um, high, technologically advanced eye patch, and it would be kind of steampunk, <laughs> and it would have like a leather okay, band, and it would be like a digital eye patch, and just by moving my eye, I would like zoom in on things and have like so many scan, like girl with the dragon oh, tattoo. Okay, like, so it was like a matrix. full like. Yeah. Doctor Evil, but Bond, yes, like it was crazy a Bond villain. Doctor Evil, like crazy eye headband, patch. and it's being like beep 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 beep, and it's so many numbers it's going so, by and so, zooming in fast. So many and you numbers can, like, zooming in, and I'm like see through a, a house. I can see through a house and just like see a gentleman's member. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> you're not you. Who I mean, so many. And this is again so much against the blind because I feel like we always give villains eye patches. You know. Right. That's so true. We always Hook. Yeah. And yeah, and yeah, I think also I think what that reveals though is that sight is almost like sight itself is evil in this way. Because it's it's like mm. so superficial. It's like the villain wants to see more. The villain wants to use his eyes, you know, to cast about the world and and colonize the world like with his vision. Where it's like a true blind person is like has this more, or at least certainly in Helen Keller's world, is like it's more pure in this way, and they're more in touch with their feeling. Well, actually, it's okay. So it's vision is evil, blind is angelic, and then one eye. That's the classic. It's bisexual. Bisexual. Murderer. Bisexual. It's bisexual. Murderer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
half and half. Yeah. Um, I was just reading, and you know, this is about how like the the before we really get into the book, the criticisms of Helen Keller, and they're saying like some people were saying that like she the people treat it was the beginning of like treating people with disabilities as like childlike. Mm. Yes, of just being so like, oh, okay, like we'll treat you, you know, more simpler, um, which I think. But then a lot of people are being like, which also has sort of a very sexual, like lolitified element to it. A lot of this book is just about how she, of course, who wouldn't be, is like loves her lifelong companion Mm. teacher. So here's my question. Mrs. Sullivan. Mrs. Sullivan. (laughs) So Mrs. Sullivan is her teacher, like, who teaches her how to uh, write, read, read, and speak. Because she's literally, so she goes deaf and blind, like, very early in life. She's, like, young, and she gets sick, and then she, like, gets unsick, but then stays blind and deaf. And, like, she it's very fascinating. She, like, learns to read by, like, first touching... Just having people write on her palm. And and do you remember this? That so she um to learn the word water, Mrs. Sullivan pours water on her head and then writes out the word water huh? on her palm. I mean, sorry, this book is erotic. It's okay? so erotic <laughs> and sensual. Well, there's so much there's just so much touch. touch. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's so much touch everywhere, and then she like when she goes to the Perkins School for the Blind in Boston, she begins like touching people's mouths, and she like did a little bit when she was younger, but like to really learn, she like is putting her hand on the throat of the speaker. So imagine you have Helen Keller here, age eight, who has her hand wrapped around Mrs. Sullivan's throat. Feeling the vibrations of what Mrs. Sullivan is saying and and she's talking the vibrations and then she's pouring cold water on her and then is writing in her hand W A T T E and then R. And And it's like all of this incredibly like sensual activity and then by the end of the book she's kind of be like and so like me and mrs sullivan at our college or at our at our cottage like in massachusetts and i'm kind of like so are you just a a thing now are you a couple (laughs) no so it sounds like they're just a couple by the end well no because mrs sullivan gets married and they live all three together but then helen keller which she doesn't write about this book did like elope with a man named peter and everyone was like I think very much protective of her and was like, you're not allowed um, Uh, to get married. Or saying like Peter is a groomer because like she can't consent. Right. She's disabled. Yeah. So she does like have an engagement, but I think it's then broken off, but she doesn't mention in the book. It's really like saying you don't think she's a lesbian. I mean, I think she's bi. Right. <laughs> I mean, because okay. so much of this book, it's like, A, the whole New England thing and, like, you know, Boston. And then also, like, I mean, let's talk about it. Um, the lesbian community and the deaf community have such a massive overlap. A huge. I think, I mean, what is the statistic your nanny my, gave you who's an nanny, ASL interpreter? And an this a- is a statistic from 1998 from Stephen's former nanny. And so. I'm sure that statistic has, has only gone up since then. <laughs> but she was she's an interpreter and she was like 80% of interpreters are lesbians. And like 80% of the deaf community like is also gay. And it's just like there's just so much overlap in there. I mean, my first lesbian friend ever, friend of the pod, Lauren. ASL interpreter. ASL interpreter. Yeah. So there you go. So also <laughs> her and, you, you know, because she's writing about her and Mrs. Sullivan. You're kind of like, what age are you? Because it's like all of this reflection um, and you can't tell. But then when they do live together, I do feel like maybe, you know, yes, she was engaged to this guy and they ran off. But that was also her trying to get this independence, you know from the Mrs. Sullivan relationship. And sure, Mrs. Sullivan got married, but was her true love? No, I, I mean, it's 100% one of those classic, like, Regency-era stories where it's like Mrs. Sullivan gets married and she's so, like, jealous of the marriage that she goes off and gets married. How gay is this line? <laughs> so she's talking about one of her favorite walks 
I built dams of pebbles, made islands and lakes, and dug riverbeds, all for fun, and never dreamed that I was learning a lesson. Just being a tomboy. Like. <laughs> yeah. Just digging, well, you know. How 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 dom is this? She's talking about <laughs> literally okay, the very beginning, she's talking about her friend. She has like her black friend. And she's Oh, Mrs. Martha Washington. Martha's well yeah, Martha Washington. <laughs> also, she's literally from like the Al- most Alabama. She's from Alabama and she's like a obsessed with her family tree in this way, like everyone in the 1900s, and she'd be like, "My grandmother's cousin was Robert E. Lee," and it's so just like, "Ah, uh, canceled." Excuse me. No, no, no. Me. This is what is so <laughs> bisexual, white, privileged, um, disability activist of her because people are calling her for this. Is she lists? Yeah, she's always like listing, being like, "And my father was actually from the North, but chose to fight for the Confederate side." <laughs> <laughs> and and she- then I feel like she's moving to Boston, being so like, "Oh no, what?" But then like her whole family is so Confederate. She's so the girl from The Bachelor, and like does need to renounce the, her like antebellum cotillion that she went to. And we're like, Helen Keller, are you talking to your family <laughs> at Thanksgiving? <laughs> you must- are you signing to your family at Thanksgiving? <laughs> Okay, this is about Martha Washington. In those days, the little colored girl, Martha Washington, the child of our cook and Belle, so it's already like, okay, so it's, your cook's good. Yeah. Um, and Belle, an old, an old setter and a great hunter in her day, were my constant companions, Belle being a dog. Martha Washington understood my signs, and I seldom had any difficulty in making her do just as I wished. It pleased me to domineer over her, and she generally submitted to my tyranny rather than risk a hand-to-hand encounter. It's like, so you're just being like, I have a dom-sub relationship at seven? At seven. With and it's your cooks. With your cooks. Cooks. Daughter. But daughter. I also feel like, <laughs> don't you think it's also her being a little bit like... I was the first person in my family to not be racist because I'm blind. <laughs> yeah, she's like, uh, can I get a racism pass because I'm blind and deaf? She's like, I'm literally blind, so I can't be racist, and that's yeah, why I'm like, friends with the black girl. I literally don't see <laughs> I color. I literally don't see color, and unlike Robert E. Lee, who is my grandmother's cousin. But then she's also just being so, like, listing every possible relationship that someone had. My father, Arthur H. Color, was captain in the Confederate Army. My mother, Katie Adams, was second wife for many years younger. Her grandfather, Benjamin Adams, married Susanna Goodhue and lived in Newbury. Their son, Charles Adams, was born in Newburyport and moved to Helena, Arkansas. He married Lucy Ellen Everett, who belonged to the same family as Everett's as Edward Everett and Dr. Everett Hale. My grandmother was the daughter of Lafayette's aides, Alexander Moore, and granddaughter <laughs> yeah, <it's> of like- <laughs> Alexander Spotswood, an early colonial governor. But like- I think that's how people wrote memoirs back in the day, because it's like, that's what Ulysses S. Grant's like. You do the family tree. You're like, and his cousin like came, and I remember Ulysses was like ashamed that he actually yeah. didn't know more of your genealogy. Right, he was like, like dragging his aunt for like not even like knowing the family tree and knowing that like her cousin was from the Arkansas Spotswoods. Right, and like not and to be the, confused, my, the Spotswoods <laughs> clan did move to Great Newberry. <laughs> Celebrity Book Club. This episode is sponsored by Zocdoc. You're trying to find a cause for your symptoms. Achy back, headache, runny nose, itchy eye, wart on my genitals. So let me guess, you stumbled down a TikTok rabbit hole full of questionable advice from so-called experts. Suddenly I have cancer? Uh, no thank you. (laughs) There are better ways to get the answers you want and the care you deserve from trusted professionals and not random people on the internet. Though randoms, I love you, and my TikTok addiction, yeah, it stands. But I'm sorry, Lily, you shouldn't be getting medical advice from some girl in her grandmother's basement in Toronto. ZocDoc helps you find expert doctors and medical professionals that specialize in the care you need and deliver the type of experience you want. That's right. Ditch the talk, get the doc. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. No more Dr. Roulette or scouring the internet for questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you to your favorite doctor you haven't met yet. Mm, I love a trusted guide, like the time I climbed to Machu Picchu on the Inca Trail with a team of Sherpas. Millions of people use ZocDoc's free app to find and book a doctor in their neighborhood who is patient-reviewed and fits their needs and schedule just right. So find your Sherpa at ZocDoc.com. 
Go to ZocDoc.com slash book club and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find NBook, a top-rated doctor today. Slay. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash book club. ZocDoc.com slash book club. Ditch the talk. So let's get into this for a second. CSW really claims like Helen Keller is one of their yeah. famous so alum. This is my question. So when you were there every day, was it just full Helen Keller propaganda? It really wasn't. It was more like mentioned twice. People were like, oh, Helen Keller went here for like a year. Oh, okay. It wasn't like, let's do a class on her and posters of her. Not really. I Honestly, she got as much... They you weren't know, so, like, desperately proud of her in that way that just you go to Illinois and they're just like, Lincoln, Lincoln, Lincoln. Like, uh, like, yeah, I think they were not, which I was sh- shocked by. You think there'd be, like, more posters and stuff. Yeah, because it's um, like, she's such a, like, I feel like she's such an advocate of, like, education, you know what I mean? She loves education and, like, interesting education. So it makes so much one. So it used to be called Cambridge School for Girls. And really, it was a preparatory school for Radcliffe. Yes. So um, she went there when it was actually still in Cambridge. Wow. Because, of course, now it's in Weston. Yes. It makes sense because it's like she's alt in Cambridge school. You know, they've kept on their alternative education stylings for blind folk. She leaves the school, basically kind of gets kicked out and kind of leaves, which I will say is very CSW. Like, no one, like, was ever expelled. I feel like people were, like, asked to leave for just, like, being, like, too addicted to weed and missing so many classes. So, basically, like, she doesn't get her homework in time or, like, wants more time for a test. It's very, like, extended time vibes for (laughs) SATs. And the teacher says no. So then her mom is like, okay, well, fuck you. Like, we're gonna leave. (laughs) Yeah, and it's very, like, teachers and administrators and parents did, like, reach a mutual agreement. They're like, maybe this isn't the right fit for Helen. The right fit for you and we'll find you, like, a special tutor. And ultimately, like, it's good that she didn't go to CSW. And didn't graduate. No, because... And then also she got into Radcliffe. She got into Radcliffe. I'm still so shocked how she, like, straight up learned geometry and algebra via Braille. Yeah. And she... And I love how this whole book, she's just been like... And again, everything was going fine except for math, which was so boring and stupid. And I was just, like, getting so frustrated and, like, annoyed at calculus and algebra and just being like, well, why? And then to be like, I know, like, the american system and not like the british like writing system whatever and then it like gets transferred when it's in braille and it's weird and it's just like who cares anyway why am i doing geometry but then she just like randomly does master it literally does master it for her like preparatory tests in radcliffe and has this crazy i was about to say crazy laptop but she has (laughs) this like typewriter oh yeah she's like i love like the wormwood typewriter i highly recommend it this is like you have to get it and you can type in greek in algebra in you know and it's like t- being so 3x like speak typing greek she also mentions which i love because boston loves its white ethnicities um where she was like oh i loved like all the grecian stories because like all the greeks i met in boston like would always like tell me about their greek tales and I feel like it was so just like um, 1905 and some guy being like, Opa, like, you gotta hear the freaking story of Zeus. Let me read this passage about CSW, which is also famous for having a bisexual, making people bisexual. <laughs> At the Cambridge School, for the first time in my life, I enjoyed the companionship of seeing and hearing girls of my own age. I live with several others in one of the pleasant houses connected with the school, the house where Mr. Howells used to live, and we all had the advantage of home life. I joined them in many of their games, even blind man's bluff and frolics in the snow. I took long walks with them. We discussed our studies and read aloud the things that interested us. Some of the girls learned to speak to me so that Miss Sullivan did not have to repeat their conversation. Um, so also like in high school, like people were always like walking to the woods to like smoke. Mm. And I feel like this is very like early generation that she's like, we're doing snow frolics. Well, she's also being like, like girl who's like one of the teachers is taking a shine to. 
and is like having like this kind of cool walking relationship with. Right. And also, but finally she can, I'm a little confused though. I have to say by the site. Cause when she says sometimes she's like, Oh, and I could like hang and see with the girls or she'd be like, she was, blonde. I think she uses the word see more broadly to mean perception. And like, cause she's touching, she's talking about like, the doll and she was just like and when the next time I saw her you know what I mean and like and like right. anthropomorphizing this like fucked up doll that her aunt made out of towels like oh, she's yeah. like, like she's <laughs> doll just, sounds so freaky doll, and, then, and then she like rips a bead off her aunt's dress and is like make this an eye like this doll has no eyes please give it an eye um, it's like yeah I think she just means see in that way that just like she perceived them at a later point she definitely always talks about the sun and she's like it seemed to me there could be nothing more beautiful than the sun whose warmth makes all things grow. Because she asks Miss Sullivan, is the sun not love? And she like loves going out into the sun and like bathing in his warmth. I oh. want, I, yeah, it's like, I do wonder if there's a little bit of a perception on the eyelids of like it getting lighter. But there's obviously many levels of blindness. and Right. And I think we're taught like if you're blind, everything is just black. Yeah. Which I don't as but someone who is of very visually impaired, like it's, you know, it's just a blur. Yeah. Like when you're driving, it's basically just a blur. It's what you see in front of you. Figures that are blurry. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I can see things, but they're extremely blurry. Um, um, which is why it gives me so much confidence to know that you're behind the wheel of a Honda Fit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With prescription sunglasses. So there you go. Um, which have changed my life. Okay, wait. Can I read this one part about Radcliffe where she kind of like is dragging Please. like some of these bitches? Um, which I really appreciate. Um, she goes, but college is not the universal Athens I thought it was. There one does not meet the great and the wise face to face. One does not even feel their living touch. They are there, it is true, but they seem mummified. We must extract them from the crowding wall of learning and dissect and analyze them before we can be sure that we have a Milton or an Isaiah, and not merely a clever imitator. Many scholars forget... It seems to me that our enjoyment of the great works of literature depends more upon the depth of our sympathy than upon our understanding. The trouble is that very few of their laborious explanations stick in the memory. The mind drops them as a branch drops its overripe fruit. <laughs> I'm becoming Irish. Irish. It is possible. Okay, here's the part I love. It is possible to know a flower, root and stem and all and all the processes of growth and yet to have no appreciation of the flower fresh bathed in heaven's dew. Mm. she's like some of you bitches are out here memorizing your names and dates but y'all don't appreciate the culture well she says this i was actually shocked i took a breath a deep sensual breath mm. when she, which i felt sometimes about school where she said sometimes school is so much a learning mm. that you don't have time to think yes oh my god the scene where she learns the word for think that actually, like, did kind of take my breath away a little bit. Like, when when Miss Sullivan, like, she's trying to figure something out. and Miss she... Sullivan's fingering the word think. She's having trouble, like, figuring out something with, like, beads. She's, like, counting on an abacus or something. And she, she was, like, trying to do this, like, sequence of beads. Um, finally, I noticed a very obvious error in the sequence. And for an instant, I concentrated my attention on the lesson and tried to think how I should have arranged the beads. Miss Sullivan touched my forehead and spelled with decided emphasis, think. In a flash, I knew that the word was the name of the process that was going on in my head. This was the first conscious perception of an abstract idea. For a long time, I was still. I was not thinking of the beads in my lap, but trying to find a meaning for love in the light of this new idea. The sun had been under a cloud all day and there had been brief showers, but suddenly the sun broke forth in all its southern splendor. Again, I asked my teacher... Is this not love? Mm. Ah, it's like the the idea of her like knowing what figuring out what an idea is. It's like she's having this like much more like intellectualized, broken down I, like concept of like how we even form thoughts. Because I think like we all take language for granted and we forget that we we are imprisoned by language. We can only think in thoughts. Right. It's like she already and she, knew what knew what love was, but was like yes. having to categorize it in our like classic speaking and seeing. Yes. And like ways. Ha and hadn't gotten to speech before she already had the ideas and the feelings and like that sensation of going out into the sun. And 
there's something so thrilling and exciting about that and pure. And then also, you know, and it makes you realize like, you know, language as much as it frees us also is trapping us all the time. Prisoners. Well, I feel like such a classic like slumber party G-rated slumber party question. You know, people are like, uh, would you like rather be blind or deaf? Oh, yeah. But I feel like no one ever says, would you rather be couldn't touch numb? Yeah. So I ask you, because then it's like, which would you, you know, then it's like, that's actually totally different. Right. Well, these you know, days we're all really fucking th- numb because we're on our phones. On our phones. <laughs> but it's like when she talks about like, swimming you know mm. her first time swimming and oh, my other connection when she goes to brewster cape cod which is where i went to girl scout camp and brewster oh my god we're literally the same you're really the same person <laughs> blind <laughs> blind cambridge CSW school of western alternative by- learners <laughs> Cape Cod girls. Cape Cod girls. Just go to the beach. Like, and you also love the sun. <laughs> and, I, and I love the sun. And I love water. And she. Um, and so the, the the camp I went to it was called Camp Favorite. <laughs> and you know we would you could choose sailing or biking. And the way she also just describes biking, you know, just the feeling of the air, the breeze rushing towards you yeah. as you pedal along beautiful and then in the ocean it actually sounds kind of terrifying because she's like in there and then of course the water goes over her head and she tries to like hold on yeah things and... i would not do if i was blind would be like be in the ocean i barely want to get in as the sea as the sighted folk or i was like also if i was mrs sullivan <laughs> i don't know she's i'm sure mrs sullivan was right by there and she but had her like on and she had her on a leash throwing helen keller into the ocean and the cape it's a little groomer. <laughs> it's like was she trying to get rid of her? She was like, "Oh, it is being so stranger by the lake, and it's this yeah. lesbian murder." <laughs> it's a little bit like, "Oops, I don't know. We were swimming, and then I yeah. didn't see her." Uh, Miss Sullivan, more like Eileen Wernos. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, but so, to, but like, out of the five senses, like out of the which five are senses, you dropping. Now I'm like it's you know you, now that I not I'm, you can't do taste or smell though out of sight hearing touch. Now I'm like maybe I would honestly be blind. Wow, because you would rather do hearing. I mean, we do work in audio. We are podcasters. We do work little. We are podcasters and music. Yeah, music. Because my first reaction was yeah, I would I would ditch hearing because I do love touch so sight. much i'm yes. so erotic and sight is huge for me um you know I'm yeah so i was like well, i can't then i love you think fashion about, right <laughs> right and i was like wait i can never like see the outfits but if you think about when she you know touching fabrics yeah and it almost may make your style better and also this hunger like yeah. it's never enough i i came home with you know you know you know another t-shirt and you know i'm told when is when will it ever be enough? Yeah. And that's my eyes. No, that's the tyranny of your eyes. <laughs> They're so <laughs> gluttonous. They just want more and more stimulation all the time. They're not happy with 18 black t-shirts. They need 22 black t-shirts. Yeah. And then it's 44, okay? But if I was just touching luxurious fabrics, then making love and hearing music and tasting grapes... Mm. God, sounds like heaven. <laughs> Doesn't it? Yeah. When she, like, the end of the book is also, like, her just, like, listing other friends that yeah. um, she made. So she was really close with um, Mr. Bell. Yeah, Alexander Graham. Like, Yeah, and I was like, okay. <laughs> and they, I, I feel like, were they just being so, like, we're fellow, like, 19th century, like, celebrities just being like, oh, I love Alexander. It's, it's so, like... <laughs> Christine Quinn just being like, I love Simone Biles. Like, we, we love to <laughs> yes. connect. No, I was like, but uh, yeah, you're like, how much were you and Mr. Bell hanging? But maybe I feel like he was probably so intrigued by her since he invented the phone. <laughs> no, and- for sure. If I invented the phone, I would another kind of like, you know, uh, like paragon of communication, right? I mean, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Um, would be really interesting to me. They were both great, great communicators. 
I what I did think was weird by the end of the book. I feel like she doesn't really talk about her like rise to fame, which is kind of the whole point of every celebrity memoir. And I'm kind of like, where's the rise? Yeah, to fame? and I I don't know if the rise to fame was basically mentioned in this like friendship diary where she's like, you actually have to hear Mark Twain's stories. Like he is like no other. Seriously, like <laughs> he says the craziest shit is basically what she says. And then she's like, and Dr. Bell was amazing. And you're kind of like, so when after Radcliffe, like you don't really tell us kind of when you really, you know, shot off. My book, my version has the letters in the back. Do you have this? Same. Yeah, I have the letters. And the afterword for Marley Matlin also. I actually didn't. Our read favorite that. deaf actress, yeah. Marley Matlin. <laughs> she talks about how like Henry Winkler came up to her once, like when she was like a teen at some like event. Her parents told Henry Winkler to like not be too encouraging so they not get her hopes up about like becoming an actress. Oh. But Henry Winkler was like so supportive of people pursuing their dreams and he gave her this just like incredibly generic advice and was like, Marley Matlin, pursue your dreams. And then she was like, and then eight years later, I did win an Oscar. Okay, obsessed. And like yeah. the Fonz was so just like. Yeah, so the moral hey. of the story is like, hey, listen to the <laughs> Fonz and not your parents. Hell yes. I mean, yeah, her parents, she is like, I love them. But at the same time, I feel like this book is really about Mrs. Sullivan. Um, a, a point here, which back to touch for a second. Mm. Um, here's a quote. The hands of those I meet are dumbly eloquent to me. The touch of some hands is an impertinence. I've met people so empty of joy that when I clasped their frosty fingertips, it seemed as if I were shaking hands with a northeast storm. Other... <laughs> There are those whose hands have sunbeams in them so that their grasp warms my heart. So she's saying you can tell a per you know, it's class. It's this is also getting very like classic business book. Like you yeah. can tell a person by their handshake. By their handshake. Helen <laughs> <laughs> Keller is like eight, six, eight tips for being successful as an entrepreneur. Right. Yeah, I, she I mean, I do love that, you know, that intimation there. I mean, I do feel it's like. Maybe it's a little bit like she is projecting a little bit. Like maybe someone was cold when they came in. That's the thing. It's like you're living in Boston. Like it's going to be cold. People are going to so, be cold. And gloves back then. I mean, I don't know. I guess they were like, you know, you could have amazing leather gloves. But but, it, you know, at the same time, though, it, it, it in, it's sort of a challenge to like, you know, I hate the word intuition because I feel like it's so kind of dismissed and it's like female coded in this way that's actually super problematic. Um, but obviously, like, you know, perception is the the grand sum of so many other things and not just, you know, rotation yes, facts or, or, or vision or whatever. It's like, you know, we don't even know how the fucking human mind works, my dude. And it's like, you can, it's like, she's basically saying like, vibes, vibes are vibes. vibes. <laughs> yeah, sorry, literally vibes are vibes. Okay. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> okay. Keller okay. Jenks. But like, she's literally, it's like, there's pheromones, like there's energy, like there is like, you can sense people's emotions and their, their like either their reticence or their, their warmth to interact with you. And like, that's all accurate. And it's probably that much more heightened because she's... Right, and maybe someone's, like, afraid, you know, to shake Helen Keller's hand. Right. She's touching your, like, you know, wool blazer that you got out of the thrift store. And she's, like, like... She's wait. feeling the dried ketchup on it. And she's, like, you're fun. <laughs> you're tons of fun. You have to come over to me and Miss Sullivan's house in Forest of Queens. <laughs> Okay, wait. Um, the whole plagiarism scandal part. Oh, wait. I can't. We need to get into this. <laughs> this is insane. And honestly, like the fact that she even gets blamed for it is like crazy. And like that, Miss Sullivan really gets. But okay, so she's in school. This is pre CSW. <laughs> she's she, at Perkins. Yeah, she's at Perkins, the famous school <laughs> for you know it, the blind. <laughs> They have to write a story. She writes a story called Frosty Frolic, I believe, or Frosty Feathers. <laughs> yeah, something something about winter. Yeah. <laughs> King of the Frost. Uh, she turns it in. Everyone's so impressed. Um, and she literally, like, did, you know, she learned how to write, blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, uh, Helen, this is the same story as Jack Frost. 
What <laughs> it's not is it Jack Frost? I feel like it's, it's a slight it's a slightly different some other like thing about called Frost. There's like a bunch of Frost because she says she's like maybe it was because I'd heard Jack Frost, but not like the Frost Princess and not like Elsa. And it sounds like everyone's just rewriting Frozen or whatever. The Frost King incident. Okay, she was eleven. Okay, so Helen Keller wrote a short story called The Frost King as a birthday present. There was another story called King Frost Again. Basically, they were like, you plagiarized this story and a teacher had Perkins had like read her the story well, like on the cape. Mrs. Sullivan had read her the story on the cape. And 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 like she goes to the thing. She's like, well, I don't even think I read that. And then someone else is like, well, actually, when you were at that cape house that summer, like you were like that store, that book was on the shelf. And, like, everyone was being such a Redditor and, like, trying to, like, figure out the actual the truth behind The mystery of it. the frost. The mystery of the and frost. Then, and, they were, and then she was like, okay, but if they did, like, I didn't read that story. I don't remember it. And then she was like, okay, but then, low-key, I was reading some of my other letters. And it was being <laughs> yeah. so that woman's story. And I literally was, like, randomly, like, paraphrasing her. So also kind of badass. She's, like, getting kicked out of CSW and Perkins School of the Blind. Like, for plagiarism. <laughs> Again, chaotic bisexual energy. Um... And I, but they they ask that she doesn't get kicked out of Perkins. I think just Miss Sullivan gets like asked to leave because Miss Sullivan would just always be there. Well, and so, and they had a full like disciplinary committee hearing, which is so private school to have to have I know. like a tr- said, to have like, like no. a mock trial for fucking like twelve year olds like. And it was, like, so me when I also got, like, suspended for, like, my infamous prank call. And there was, like, a full disciplinary trial. And it's just, like, can you guys not with the just full, like, no, this is a this is a Greco-Roman court <laughs> of law. <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, that's being so Iliad and just, like, and they're, like, it's, like, okay, she's, again, I mean, I, I think they're, you know, being, like, we need to be treated everyone equally. But it's, like. Okay, so Miss Sullivan last summer wrote out an entire story about, like, someone named Mr. Frost on her hand. And then a year later, she wrote a story about winter. It's a little bit like... Yeah. Who cares? Simmer all the way down. But, you know, these writer types, I mean, it's so... It's just, like, so, like, insular, like, writer's workshop for there to be such a, like, controversy. And it's so the kidney girl. And it's so, like, the new controversy this week. And it's so just, like... Cat story or whatever. Yeah, yeah it's, it's every... just, like... Also, I think in school, I remember it's, like, the word plagiarism. Like, there really is nothing worse. Like, no. I feel like it's better for you to, like, cheat on a math test. Yeah. Than, it, like, it's the plagiarize. most It is the most scarlet of all letters. <laughs> Oh, wait. Also, quickly, I just want to say I like that she's like a ruralist. She's very kind of anti city because cities are like so loud and obnoxious. And if you ever she's mean, obsessed like- with Rentham. Can we talk about that? She's like, <laughs> the finest town in the entire country is Rentham, Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> is she wrong? <laughs> People who think all sensations reach us through the eye and the air have expressed surprise that I should notice any difference, except possibly the absence of pavements between walking in city streets and in country roads. They forget that my whole body is alive to the conditions. The rumble and roar of the city smite the nerves of my face, and I feel the ceaseless tramp of an unseen multitude, and the dissonant tumult frets <laughs> my spirit. It borders Foxborough. Well, next time we're at a Pats game, we should stop by. Yeah, we'll stop by Rentham and maybe stay. Helen Keller's cottage is still there. Yeah, sent some things that she did. I feel like they're very like because of COVID, like the Helen Keller house is not open. Is now closed, but, but please, and but you can take photos outside of it. Inqu- like, do inquire for private tours in 2023. We're emailing like the most <laughs> Massachusetts, like fleece wearing, just like historical woman, and she's like, "So this was Helen Keller's desk." And we're like, "Wow, <laughs> wow, <laughs> this was it." <laughs> Celebrity book club. Hey there, boys and girls. Here's a clip from this week's VIP lounge. Go to patreon.com slash pad to sign up if you're not already a member. Enjoy! We got to Chase's dad's house, and like, he had warned me that it was going to be like so high bed, and I was like, I'm obviously it's going to be so high bed. It's like Wisconsin yeah. what do you like, think suburbs. My, like, yeah, it's going to be so carpeted in Property like, Brothers. Design within reach, like bed there. Yeah, like. obviously it was not being like so Jonathan Adler. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Subscribe on patreon.com slash cbcthepod to get more content like that every single week for only $5 a month. 
segment school, school for, the, for blind. the blind. How does she live? What does she wear? What does she eat? What does she eat? Okay, let's start with eating. Yeah, let's start with eating. I'm like, girl, what are you eating? Um, she well, she, at the beginning, she's really into like bread. She yeah, about, it's like, it's very like oh, my she, cook is making bread. And she, I like the part where she's like talking about how she learns how to tell her mom she wants ice cream for dinner by doing like by being like burr it's cold (laughs) i want ice cream burr 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 ice cream cone you know i think it was very food of the day i mean she was in the (laughs) south i feel like it was like biscuits and you know a food chicken. of the day. She was giving chicken and biscuits. She's giving KFC <laughs> in her childhood years. And then she moves to Massachusetts and she's so lobster roll. <laughs> I'm just saying that it's maybe a little more like pot roast. Yeah, I think it's a pot roast. And because you're like cooking is heating, you know, in that day. So you always got to have something in the fire. Keep the house um, warm. I feel like she was so like walking along a path and like pulling one little yeah. raspberry. Yeah. No, because it's like she doesn't want she's not she's not into the 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 tumult of the masses in the city. <laughs> yeah. She wants to be in like a beautiful path. And cuz how she grew up in is so like orchards and peaches in the south and she was like so into the honeysuckle and like all the smells and tastes. Oh, so Oh, right. She loves suckle. Yeah. So I think she has a bit of a sweet tooth. <laughs> <laughs> she loves ice cream and peaches. And I feel like she's sticking her tongue out on that first frost, if you will. Oh, yeah. I miss all of them for a frosty (laughs) peach. (laughs) (laughs) All right, what does she wear? Does she wear again these kind of like gauzy gowns? But you know, long sleeve. Like she is femme. She is like a little cottage core. Yeah. Um, it's high femme. You know, it's like, it's almost, but it's still, it's, she's showing, it's not like she's covering herself. There's some parts are a little bit see-through, you know, always a long sleeve, though, I think. And maybe that, again, was of the time. Of the time, yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, she's not talking about fabric so much. I think that, like, she probably is into comfortable stuff, but I don't think that, yeah. Because that, as you were saying, the whole blind thing, she's not being, like, so judging people on their looks and thinking she needs to present herself a certain way. Although she is very self-conscious in this other way, but that because like because the plagiarism scandal is so painful to her, and she goes on about it for pages and pages, and she's like, "This is the worst thing that ever happened to me." Because it's like I do feel like she wants to come off as professional. My favorite word, like yeah, she does wearing be... like professional dress. So maybe she is wearing like such a three-piece like vest blazer, right? Dress. Like later on, well, when she was it's part like... of you know. The early ACLU, I feel like, but it was still like um, modest. Yeah, and she's so just like founding so many organizations and talking and being an activist and a speaker and like doing her TED talks like in Philadelphia. Activist clothing. I'm seeing a lot of like browns, olive greens. Yeah. Um, not like bright, no bright reds. <laughs> um, <laughs> no bright reds. I don't know. Well, I think she probably is wearing bright reds because she's just like I'm. Like, I know that, like, people will, like, be drawn to me. Because I feel like she has this sense of, like, other people's vision in a weird way. Maybe mm, not. Interesting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm voting olives. You're voting bright reds. Because I think of in Guys and Dolls, the woman who's, like, the suffragette. Um, That's Guy Masterson. Courts. And she's in this, like, all red outfit. So that's kind of my touchstone for... I was like, is she being an all red suffragette? Here's the problem: every photo of her is in black and white, so we'll, <laughs> yeah, so so we'll never know. <laughs> okay, um, how does, how does she, she live? live? I feel like there's kind of like it is a little bit like she, there's a bunch of shit in her house. Like I feel like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like she, she's got like a lot of no, mem- I think it's memen- teacups, teacups and-, and mementos and like piles of books. And like she's like, oh, I have this really cool like old coin like on the wall and like more frame shit quilts. Like it's like a full and antique in store in there. <laughs> influencer way, I feel like in blind technology, like people are sending her new shit. You know what I mean? Like she's yes. getting new like braille magnifiers and <laughs> yes. different embossed yes. like typewriters. <laughs> she has like all the latest braille tech is just like in the her like side cottage and she's going there. She's like, oh I need to send a thank you letter to her Mrs. PR. Denby for that. 
she's like oh god okay this is like my closet of like all stuff that's sent to me <laughs> miss sullivan is like we have to write letters to like thank the like new braille people this is a new like mug that has braille on it which <laughs> is like a built-in magnifying glass like <laughs> yeah tea steeper <laughs> That whole story where she has like a bird and then the cat eats the bird. Oh, and she that knows. She, yeah, she's so birdcage. <laughs> yeah, she's being birdcage again. She's like full store. anthropology. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Olives. That's from linens. Big buttons. Okay, you're right. I take away the very red. She's so all. She's so like blush colored shit. <laughs> all right. Uh, who are you in are you the book? Um, are you? Mrs. Sullivan. <laughs> Miss Sullivan has an extraordinary amount of patience that I'm not sure if I possess. No. Although sometimes I can be a good teacher with kids, but I feel like I'm a good teacher for like 20 minutes, not for like 17 years. Yeah, right. Right. I guess I was kind of thinking because sometimes you have a younger <laughs> lover. <laughs> oh, was that your justification? Hmm. Uh, but no, I don't think you have the 20 year patience. I feel like you would be like, oh, no, like this changed my life. I'm teaching this blind girl. And that would be like, oh, like, no, I actually like have to write an article. Like, I can't keep on. Um, I kind of think I misses like the woman she plagiarizes a little bit. I'm just being like, who is this random girl who's like trying to be such a disabled oh, activist who's plagiarizing me? And now she's writing me so many apology letters. And I'm just like, she actually needs to like step off. She's like obsessed with me. And it's weird. That is you and you're like posting in the Boston Herald just being like, oh, wait. Sidebar, her fiance is was a writer for the Herald, by the oh way. Oh my god. Yeah. Icon. Actual icon. Um, I mean, obviously I'm Helen CSW blind. Cape. I'm like feeling the ocean, being like, this feels so good. But yeah, blind. you're both like, water bugs. <laughs> <laughs> um, on our bike path, being like, I can't see the figures in front of me, but this breeze feels damn good. <laughs> And I hate math, so... Yeah, oh, my God. It, never <laughs> <laughs> it actually never ends. It's scary <laughs> it's at this actually, point. actually spooky. You are her, like, reincarnated. <laughs> Helen, Wait. are you in there? <laughs> <laughs> Helen? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, you know what? I give this book mm, three and a half honeysuckle plants out of five. I wanted more about her rise to fame. The writing is beautiful. She's yes. a really beautiful writer. Um, and it's and it moves right along at a great clip. There's some really stunning passages in here. Um, yeah, I I would have liked just even more like of her, I think, her philosophy on life. Like there's some patches where you really get this like perspective. Yes. I would like and even the end, Yeah. It goes into this a little bit, like, let me list my famous friends thing, which is a little weird. Yeah. And I do wonder, because she does have other books, if that um, gets into more of her views and stuff. But yeah, I'm with you. I'm a little, I, I mean, I got to admit it. Um, and maybe just coming off Kelly Ripa, which was, was which was so of this time. And, oh, you know, Zaza Zoo. I was a little bit bored at first. <laughs> um, I will admit that. Um, so I'm going with uh, 3.2 empty bird cages out of five. But then some stuff I was so struck by and, you know, and really just impressed Um by the what you know her learning uh, yeah and i know i think ultimately i was inspired and i i came away with a renewed interest in my own senses and Same, yeah and touch i was like let's and, you know walking outside i was like let me feel the sun on me let you know and just and just to like you know take a minute and appreciate the marvel of the way that our brains work and everything we take for granted and what a gift it is to be able to string words together and understand what each other are saying and be able to express yourself and what an innate human desire it is to be able to express yourself. We take so much for granted. Yeah. And I mean, back to the vision thing, I always feel that, you know, when my glasses come to a point where either they've broken or get scratched and it's time for a new pair but the new pair hasn't come yet and there's this week in between of not seeing that well right and doing my superpower right okay and i get the glasses and i say i mean the modern technology i'm like i mean imagine if i, if I was in yeah if i was in medieval times yeah they would have been just like you know what um you're done you're done <laughs> yeah no, go into the 
They would no, have put I'd... you in the field, I think. Yeah, I would have been in the fields. Um, but anyway, seeing is cool. And shout out to Lens Crafters and the whole team there. Um, <laughs> all right, well, another rip, roaring, rollicking episode. Helen, I'm Emmy. Yeah, I'm curious, honestly, to read more of her writing, even though I was a little bit bored. <laughs> <laughs> She piqued your interest. It did. Kind of more of the, you know, I, I want to know more of the goss, you know, about her and this Harold writer. Uh, well. Good job, Helen. Good job, Helen. Wicked good job. Or as we say, Massachusetts, do your job. Do your job. Do your job. Do your job, Helen. Um, all right. Well, best. Celebrity Book Club is presented by Prologue Projects. The show is produced by Benjamin French, with editorial support from Leon Nafonk, Andrew Parsons, Arlene Revelo, and Madeline Kaplan. Our production manager is Persia Verlin. Original theme song by Stephen Phillips Horst. Artwork by Teddy Blanks at Chips NY. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CBC The Pod. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a review and don't forget to tell your friends. Well, about us. And don't forget to go to patreon.com for access to the VIP Lounge, our exclusive bonus podcast. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies to steal a moment for yourself before the week ahead. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.